With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a good amount of recruiting stuff to get to. There's been some new offers that have won out uh, to the 2022 group and 2023 class um, after some football camps that these guys were a part of. And then we've also got some preferred walk-on offers that have gone out to five in-state players. So um, some good talent in the state, possibly becoming future Badgers. We'll talk about that. Uh, get into depth with a little bit of recruiting, a little bit slower of a week. And then, of course, next weekend we'll have a big preview once again uh, with seven seven players getting onto campus. So it should be a good next couple weeks. Uh, recruiting will continue to ramp up. In the back half of the show, though, we've got some changes coming to college athletics, so we'll get into um, name, image, likeness, of course, coming to Wisconsin. There's been some developments in that with Wisconsin developing a program um, to allow their athletes to uh, develop on that, a big step forward in college athletics. And then at the end, the end and round things out, we'll talk about the college football playoff, which is under consideration to expand to 12 teams. Um, we'll get into what that kind of means, how you how we kind of feel about the expansion that way, as it's starting to seem inevitable that we will at least have, um, you know, I thought maybe eight, but it looks like it could be jumping to 12. So it should be exciting for those future seasons for the college football fan bases. So plenty to get to on this Friday show. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about some of this stuff. I know the the back half should be really fun to kind of get your opinions on this uh, college football playoff discussion. I think that will be a fun one to get into for sure because kind of came out of nowhere. I, we went from um, kind of a slow time in college football to all of a sudden everybody ramping up discussions about um, a possible 12-team uh, playoff, which is a lot of fun. But before we do that, um, let's get into some of this recruiting stuff because, it's like I said, it's been – um, a little bit slower this week, not a bunch of uh, no visits officially on campus this weekend, more next weekend for the Badgers next big week, but there's been some offers that have gone out, um, two of them up to the defensive line, one in the 2023, one in the 2022 group. Um, Tyler Gant, defensive end, St. Louis, he's got some other offers from Kansas, Kentucky, Iowa State. And then in 2022, Kenneth Grant, which I will definitely mix up at some point here, defensive line. Maryville, Indiana, um, offers from Arizona State, Bowling Green, Akron, really big kid. Um, so interesting developments there. There's, we'll talk about the uh, running back offer that went out in just a moment. But before we get into Caden Mormon, what do you think of those two offers that went out to try and bolster the defensive line? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Starting with, with Gantz, I think he's a kid. 
um, that Christian Brothers uh, Academy or college uh, really kind of pumps kids out year in and year out in that St. Louis area. It, it's interesting that Wisconsin might be trying to get back into that region. Um, I don't know if this is a one-off or you're going to maybe see this as a start of something new, but he's, he's going to be a kid whose offer list is, is pretty solid now. It's only going to get better, most likely. Fits Wisconsin's scheme really nicely at 6'3", 262. Uh, year away at, at 2023, kid. So um, I don't know what to make of where he's at now. I think you, you'll know more probably a year from now in his recruitment if the Badgers are still in it. But, but I think the, the Kenneth Grant offer was a little bit more, um, you know, eye-opening just from the fact that he's a 2022 kid. Um, huge kid, 6'4", 330-plus pounds. Um, another kid with a solid offer list, um, really just recent offers um, from the MAC, but then you also see Ohio State, Michigan. Um, so you're seeing some some heavy hitters getting involved in them. I don't know if those offers are committable, but if they aren't, I think Wisconsin's got a shot at him. Um, I think the the bigger thing is, does this put some pressure on some of the other defensive linemen that are either have been on campus or are going to be on campus later on this month, does Grant come for an official visit? What does his timeline look like? I think is, is going to be fascinating to watch because Wisconsin's in a really good position with a lot of guys on that defensive line for them to then go ahead and throw another offer out to a high-level kid um, who, who's really going to be uh, pretty limited to nose tackle. Um, I, I think that puts a little bit of pressure on some of the other guys. Or does that maybe hint that they don't feel as comfortable as maybe we think? So I think that's going to be fun to watch. I think really within the next two, three weeks, we should know a lot more about Wisconsin's defensive line recruiting um, as players start making decisions here entering July. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the the situation with Kenneth Grant because I think there's, like you said, there's two ways you can look at it. It can either be, um, you know, hey, maybe let's let's put this. There's no doubt that I think Wisconsin has an interest in Kenneth Grant and his ability. He's his size. I mean, for a high school kid, his size is is bigger than a lot of players you'll see at the high school level. I mean, just imposing um, in terms of the his way his frame is. But his timeline is certainly interesting when you when you think about the fact that Wisconsin is in a good situation. At least we think with some of these other defensive linemen um, commits or uh, prospects. So maybe it is a situation where they're putting this out there just in case, you know, they want to either, you know, cover themselves if they don't feel great about one of the other guys visiting, or do they maybe want to say, hey, you know, let's maybe push the timeline forward a little bit. That's I doubt Wisconsin's looking at it in, in any way maliciously, but when these offers go out, there's only a certain number of spots that that game kind of starts to get played. So it, it'll certainly be interesting to see how his kind of develops um, just being the 2022, I mean, I know the recruiting dead period has delayed some people's timelines a little bit, but this kind of seems almost where uh, an interesting situation that's all of a sudden kind of popped out of nowhere. So I think Grant could be a, a really good player for the Badgers uh, if they can land him, and I think they do have a good shot. But it is certainly an interesting situation when you look at the defensive line focus that they've had so far this recruiting period. Yeah, I, I think, once again, Ross Kalaji's been doing great to get the Badgers in a lot of high-level high battles, especially when you think through the, the fact that they had that coaching transition for them to be in the thick of things with a lot of really talented players, both, both high three-star and, and four-star guys, I think is, it speaks volumes to him as a person and his ability maybe going forward. I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like 
with him having a full class to work with maybe in 2023, 2024, for example. But overall, I think it's I like the offer because I think having those those jumbo guys inside where you can eat up a couple blockers is huge in the three four and Wisconsin scheme, um, and it, and it helps you really against teams like Iowa or Minnesota who are going to try to run the ball down your throat. Yeah, I think so far that defensive line recruiting in terms of these new position coaches that have came on board, um, so far the defensive line room has really started to look impressive, and hopefully that continues for the future. Uh, Speaking of 2023 offers, Caden Mormon, running back out of Frankfurt, Kentucky, um, received an offer from Wisconsin, his first Division I offer, but based on his tape and everything that you can see so far from him, that list is certainly going to grow, so We've talked about it a lot on this podcast, situations where Wisconsin gets into into these recruits early, you know, gets that one of their early offers in. Others, of course, come and follow, but I think a lot of times players appreciate that first big offer that way. Um, so it should be a, an interesting situation to keep an eye on for Wisconsin as this, his recruitment will certainly grow. Um, but what do you make of him as a player and kind of the offers that you are kind of uh, Wisconsin's offer to him? Yeah, I like it. Um, in watching his film, he's quick and not in and out. Uh, has some some burst when he has the ball in his hands. I'm interested. He's pretty small right now at five ten, mm-hmm. about two hundred. Um, I, I would maybe he's still gonna grow. I think he offers some versatility in his game that can help you out, uh, whether it be as a receiver or as a running back. But this is the type of early offer when they've seen him in camp to throw out. I would anticipate that his offer list is going to grow here soon. Maybe home state uh, school Kentucky gets involved um, and some others. We'll see if the Badgers can can stay alive in this race. And and really, um, I think coming into this summer, into the fall, it's going to be interesting to see what the running back board looks like. I know a lot of people have have kind of uh, taken a hard stance against what Wisconsin was doing in running back recruiting the past few years. Um, since Jonathan Taylor they and, and Jalen Berger, outside of that, it's been kind of a mixed bag. Maybe Mormon is the kid that, that bursts. Maybe um, their new running back coach can can really fire things going and get, get a, a strong four-star kid in here. We'll see. I, I think that's going to be fun to watch. And, and really, it, it, I appreciate that they were able to make a, a quick camp offer, and I think that speaks volumes about what this kid could be. Yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting one. We just talked about the new position coaches, um, you know, with Gary Brown taking over and not necessarily being used to being in that recruiting phase of the game, uh, you know, being at the pro level. Um, so it's be interesting to see how his running back classes kind of shape out and, and continue to move forward. Um, but certainly it doesn't hurt to get in on a player like him early, like you kind of mentioned. His offer list will certainly grow, um, and I would I would imagine grow quite a bit just based on what you can kind of see and, and Wisconsin being interested in. So, um, always good to have that first offer in there. I think that gives you a little bit of a boost, at least to start, and uh, we'll see how things develop as they move forward. All right, speaking of offers, there's been some preferred walk-on offers that have gone out this past week. Five in-state players um, got preferred walk-on spots offered to them. 2022 athlete Evan Redding out of Menominee Falls. 2022 athlete Cot. Cody Cotton out of Union Grove, 2022 linebacker Luna Larson out of Baraboo, 2022 defensive back Devin Magley out of DeForest, and 2022 athlete Jackson Trudgen out of Madison Edgewood. So a lot of these spots going out, a lot of in-state talent. We know in the past Wisconsin has done a really good job of taking advantage of 
getting some of these guys on, maybe not as scholarships, eventually molding them into that walk-on that goes on to have a really successful college career. So what do you make of these spots starting to get offered and any of these guys really stand out? I know Wisconsin's probably got to feel good about their chances in some of these, but there are situations where some of these guys might have some lower-level offers, things of that nature. So what do you make of the preferred walk-on situation as that's starting to develop? I think it's interesting that they, they threw in a lot of athlete offers, which obviously most of these high school kids are two-way guys who who can play multiple different positions. But I think you look at um, Crudgeon, you, you look at um, specifically Evan Redding, you look at specifically um, Cody Cotton. Those are all guys who are defensive backs or wide receivers. So they can help out in a lot of different ways. Those are the really usually – um, players that can make a, an impact in special teams quite a bit at, at all standing about six one, decent size, um, have have some some good speed, can help out in a lot of different ways. So I like that they're doing that. I loved Evan Redding using the old Barry Alvarez picture, which I thought was flipping awesome. Um, but really, I think the other two were the the players that I'm going to be most fascinated to see if the Badgers can land. Um, Devin Magley's a kid out of the forest that I, I know the Badgers have been on for a while. He's tested out of this world, running running a four four six at, at South Dakota's camp, putting up some big time numbers. He, I mean, he led the state in interceptions two years ago. He's he's a comes from a family that's you know pretty well known in Madison community. Um, so I would anticipate that if the Badgers can steal him away from an offer from, say, going to North Dakota, or if any other schools get involved, that would be a huge boom for the Badgers because I think he's the type of kid that in a really small class might not normally, or might have, in a bigger class, I should say, might have normally gotten a look at a scholarship potentially. So I think he's a, he's a really talented player that has, you know, been all state. And I think would would fit nicely because he does have good size for for a cornerback and or could play potentially safety as well. So I think he's a player to watch out of the forest that I think the Badgers have a, a lot going for them in that um, recruitment. But then the other guy is Luna Larson, and I think it's going to be a little tougher to potentially get him as a walk on, given the fact that he's got offers from Air Force, Buffalo, Central Michigan, right. Uh, Eastern Michigan, and and other Big Ten schools are also interested. We'll see if he earns an offer from, say, Minnesota here coming up or anything like that. Um, right now, preferred walk-on, I could easily see that um, blossom into, like, a gray shirt offer for him because he, he does have decent size at 6'2", 210. Maybe he's a kid that when, when all said and done, they find room for and they can get him in with that gray shirt so that they can – keep him in state because I do think they're not going to bring in another linebacker this class scholarship wise. So maybe he's the guy that you're, you say, okay, we're going to punt this scholarship across, uh, across the year to 2023 and bring him in because really he, he's a, he's a really good athlete that I think um, can run well, good size. And I think he, he's the type of linebacker that they've done really well with um, in the past can play a little bit outside or inside. And so I think Larson is the one that fans should really be watching because he's a kid that I don't know if this is going to only be a walk-on offer for long. Um, I think he could be a kid that could eventually earn a scholarship from Wisconsin. And it'll be interesting to see if he foregoes some of those other opportunities that he he already has and, and what other opportunities pop up because of this one. Yeah, I think you you should expect maybe some other chances to pop up for a player like him. You know, got a lot of talent, athleticism, and Wisconsin does really well 
in um, in, in that role, uh, in, in that walk-on. Maybe they can move their, move some things around because um, you like a player like that at linebacker to possibly develop into something big. And then the other guys, uh, I like that you mentioned the athletic parts. You know, these these guys that come on as, you know, the guys that play wide receiver, play defensive back, having position versatility that you can get them in the system – you know, see, you get them in the weight room, work things out, see where they develop into, and then, you know, hopefully you've got a player that can give you something. Uh, maybe they blossom into more. Maybe they turn into guys that are, are special teams guys and, and, you know, maybe in a backup role, but you never know. You know, some of these situations, some of these guys don't have a, a ton of those big offers, and being in-state kids, having that chance to, to go to Wisconsin as a walk-on, you know, have that chip on their shoulder. Sometimes it develops, and you see Wisconsin has done such a good job of that in the past. So I, I know right now we focus on the in-state talent of, of the big names that we've talked about in terms of recruiting the offers, you know, the, the Super 6 in the state of class of 2022. Um, I think there's still a lot of talent that sometimes gets, you know, not passed up, but it doesn't get that forefront focus. I mean, these five players are all guys that can play really well and can play at the next level, um, depending on how their development. So I, I appreciate Wisconsin going after, and, and, you know, you can't take everybody, you can't go after every spot, but maybe you pick a couple of these guys off in, in that preferred walk-on role and, and see what they develop into. Oh, for sure. All right, guys, well, we'll go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way now, and then we'll talk about some changes to the college athletic world. We'll talk about the name, image, and likeness in the college football playoffs. So stick with us through our ad reads, and we'll be back with you shortly. All right, name, image, and likeness is at the forefront of discussion all across college athletics, um, and UW is not waiting around. They've developed a program called UW. Um, essentially to allow athletes to profit off name, image, and likeness. Obviously a huge and important step forward in college athletics. I do want to say this isn't the school just paying college athletes. I know that's kind of sometimes the, um, the, the mantra that gets thrown out there that it's not that. It's allowing them to profit off of their brand, um, their name, and their image, and their likeness. So just throw that out there before we get into it because um, I know sometimes when you hear about it, it gets boiled down to players getting paid, but it's not, you know, directly coming from the school that way. So I think it's an important step for Wisconsin to take forward. I mean, right now there's other states, there's other schools going in, going at it, and in terms of recruiting, which we've just talked about a little bit, you don't want to be the team that doesn't have something at least in the works right now uh, for this moving forward. Because if if there's a if there's a decision coming down to two schools and one has the ability to do that and one doesn't, I think that's going to play a huge factor in a kid's you know future. Um, you, you don't know the certain situations for players. So if they can make money off their name, image, and likeness, they should have every right to. I think it's silly that it's 2021 and we're still even having this debate and waiting on this. But what do you make of, of that program kind of developing and how big is it for Wisconsin to get out and, and get in front of this and get this kind of going early on? Yeah, I think it's important. You see a lot of schools across the country going ahead and doing this. And Wisconsin's been doing kind of a light version of this for a while in terms of um, allowing students to have quick access to photos, videos from to be able to post on their social media accounts. Um, a lot of them have been building their brands for a long while now, trying to get to that point where when name, image, and likeness drops, they've got a solid following. Because really this is just about, hey, using social media to generate a few dollars here and there to help you out um, and, and pay you know for some other essentials in your life. Um, 
I don't think the vast majority of athletes are going to make a whole crap ton from this, but a few extra thousands thousands of dollars is is going to help kids out. Let's be honest. I think we can all remember back to college. Um, but but I am fascinated to see how um, uh, different athletes can can use this to to kind of help themselves out because there's going to be um, education involved with this with with UW where there's you've got leading leaders in, of places like Instagram, Players Tribune, Twitter coming and talking to them about you know financial literacy, coming and talking to them about how to expand their brand, doing those things, um, using this platform to to help them get sponsorships, get some endorsements, do some things, um, find places where they can go and, and sign items, do things like that that I think um, should have already been in place in a lot of ways for, for athletes just because they they do get a lot of attention, and with that attention, there should be some, some money involved, I would think. Um, and I think really the the crux of everything is they're still going to be student athletes, but really this offers an opportunity for them to to bring in an, another revenue stream, get a better understanding of of how they can use their brand, um, help them make more informed decisions, both in picking a college, both in um, choosing a path after college, et cetera. So I think overall it's great. I think, like you mentioned, it's an important step for college athletics, and I think really – I, I'm fascinated to see kind of how the free market evolves with with somebody like, say, a Dana Recchi. Um, you know, who knows if it'll all be in full effect when she's still on campus, but but how that works for female athletes, how that works for male athletes, and how everything kind of just evolves through this, because I do think that it's, it's going to take some time, and eventually um, things will even back out. I think there's going to be some – People will see some crazy numbers being thrown around money-wise early, but then eventually it'll taper off and, and be more at a sustainable level. And so I, I think it's going to be interesting these next few years as people are still trying to get their footing and bearings of what's going on here. Yeah, I think that's going to be the fascinating part is to see what comes from, you know, what these players can develop with their brand. I mean, these everyone, you know, the – the Dana Reckies of the world, the Graham Mertz of the world, everyone across the state knows those names and sees them as a polarizing figure. So I think it's great that they're going to be able to use that to their advantage and, and possibly make some revenue off of it and, and see what they can come up with. Uh, I, I'm That's the part that's fascinating to me. Now that the steps are being taken to be in place, it's going to be interesting to see what these players can do with them and how it all shakes out. This isn't something that you have a baseline for uh, being in the past. You know, in the past, you know, a player, if they received an extra meal or a free meal from somewhere, the NCA was in there and investigating, and, and all of a sudden, um, you know, you, you've got a suspension, you're holding guys out. So this not like they have a model for how this will go. Um, but I think that's part of the, the factors that make it interesting is that it's a new horizon of, of college athletics. It's It's probably something that should have been in place already, and now – we're, we're venturing into new territory where we can see um, you know, just what these players can do to take advantage of, of their brand. Because I know, like you mentioned, in college, if I had a way to make thousands of dollars off of my brand um, as an average college student, I would have taken it, and I, there wouldn't have been any trouble if, if somehow that popped up. So I think it should be the same for these athletes who have that opportunity. So I think the next step is just to see what comes of it and, and which players can – can really take advantage of it and where that goes. I think there could be a lot of fun with it. I think it's something that um, players could do really well with, and I think it'll set them up well for the future. I mean, some of these guys are going on to possible pro careers. It's never 
a bad thing to start working on yourself and developing yourself early on so that when you get to that next level, you at least have an understanding of what your brand can do, what that world is kind of like as they venture into that uh, that possible next level um, you know, of, of professional sports and so on. Yeah, overall, I think it's a, it's a great thing. It's all about, for the most part, most players are going to be making it off social media and, and, and marketing. So I think there's very little that can come about this. This is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's really not going to shift the landscape, I think, totally to where certain schools that aren't already doing really well are going to have a, an in. I think really it's going to be more of the same. It's just this is just going to be one added aspect that's going to go into recruiting. All right, well, that kind of brings us to our next topic, That another big change coming, at least um, for the college football side. The NCAA is considering expanding to a 12-team playoff. Uh, bracket would, of course, include the six highest-ranking conference champions plus six highest-ranked teams left. So certainly an interesting expansion. We've heard over the since they expanded from two to four, this has always been a conversation of when will we go to eight, when will they go to 12? Will they ever get to 16? Uh, you know, how far can we take this? So I, I guess I personally am a little surprised that they went from four and jumping all the way to 12. I thought naturally that eight would be a next step, and then maybe, you know, years down the road they got to 12 teams. But jumping right there is, is certainly interesting. On The criteria is, is interesting as well. So right now I think there's a lot of opinions flying around on how this expansion looks what people think of it. Some people are all for it. Some people, I think, are, are certainly against it. So what do you make of it, and how do you feel about this possible expansion um, and, and how it will develop down the road? Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn. So, like, mm-hmm. personally for me, I love it because it means more top-level games. It gives um, really good teams going against each other. I, it, you have a finite amount of football each fall that you just get and so the more the better for me um so I'm excited by that I, I love that I think it, it um allows teams who are um kind of on that fringe to, to still have an opportunity to get into the playoff it allows you to lose a game still have that chance um you you look at it Wisconsin would have had a couple different opportunities in the playoff era here to have been in the playoffs three different times um if it was this 12 team format. Um, but then part of me is also like, I don't want it to, con- like the past six, seven years have really made it so that people get so hung up with the playoffs that it's either playoffs or bust. And that's changed kind of the game. You see the other bulls get a little less relevant. You see teams um, who are really talented and who came into the season hoping to make the playoffs. If they don't get to that mark, it's kind of like whatever, we're done after losing, you know, their third game or whatever. So I think it's that has devalued things. Um, it, it would be fascinating to see if they brought in like a BCS thing where it was like the top 12 teams using that instead of just subjective um, takes from from different people across the landscape of college football and random politicians and people, but I, I do think overall it's a net gain. I'm excited because more football is great, um, and they're going to be really fun games, uh, but but still I do have my reservations about it as well. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think for me, in, in terms of entertainment, um, in, in terms of just having more football, that's always a plus in terms of a guy who likes to bet on sports. Having those type of extra games is never a bad thing. I'll always sign up for more football just on that side of it to be entertained, to have more to watch, despite I know 
the playoffs so far, the, the the first, you know, the semifinal games historically this since they expanded to four haven't really been all that um, exciting. But I think right now you're looking at a situation where you could expand to 12, and I just don't know how many of these games are going to be, um, you know, possible like rematches, things of that nature, where you're just seeing teams that you probably wouldn't really need to see a second time around or in that spot. So I think that part is going to be interesting. And the subjectivity that you mentioned, um, you know, uh, now it's going to turn into the to the debate of, you know, who's the top four and, and then, you know, who's that, that last team left out. That debate isn't going to go away. So expanding is certainly going to give more teams opportunities, but there's still going to be um, some of that. I, I almost kind of like the top 12, like you mentioned, maybe like a BCS. I know the BCS had its flaws, but at least it's not coming down to – you know, a group of people debating certain teams. I know the NCAA tournament in basketball, you get into some of that, but there's some criteria that you at least have, you know, certain teams in there. So the part for me is it's just going to be a situation like if you, at least the way I understood it, if you looked at this past year, you know, in that in that first round of games, you'd almost, I think you would have a Florida-Texas A&M rematch, a game that we've already seen this season. So it's like, do we need to see some of these situations twice play out? That's certainly going to happen when you only have some top-heavy teams. I think it's good that it will possibly give teams like, you know, this past year, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, a chance to get in there. Um, so that part is great, and more football is great, and giving the little guy a chance is, is always good. But I think there are pros and cons for sure, and developing, you know, jumping right to 12 and developing some of this criteria is certainly going to be a head-scratcher for the first few years if, if things don't um, – or shake out the way at least you think they will, you know, kind of on paper. Yeah, I, I think I think it's great. I think it's going to keep more teams relevant later in the year, which I think is wonderful. Um, and and I love the fact that um, it kind of screws Notre Dame and some of the other independents um, mm-hmm. to make it so that they can't get a buy in that first that first week just because they didn't play a conference championship game. Love that. Um, but really, I think looking at it. Overall, I think it's a positive thing. I'm excited about it because I want to see football. I want to see great games. I want to see a game like um, Cincinnati, Iowa State meeting something when they're playing. I want to see Georgia, Indiana. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Those were a couple games that you could have seen last year. I I think um, it's, it's overall a positive I was surprised they went with 12. I'm not totally against it, though. But I, I do, I am interested in hearing what you make of this for the Badgers because um, I don't know if we'll have the same take, and I don't know. I, I feel as though people are going to have very various different thoughts on it and how it might change the Badgers' case. Yeah, it's interesting because I think Wisconsin's in an interesting spot of a team that has been on the fringe. You know, you're, they're in the discussion. Um, a, a lot of these years that they've been there just hasn't kind of gotten over that hump. So like it or not, this 12 team, I mean, if they're talking about it, it's 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 inevitable that's going to happen. You know, you don't have these discussions. You don't have these meetings if they don't expect to at least expand somewhat. And if they're already talking about 12, that's likely going to be the case. Probably maybe like 2023. I don't think you could like implement this, you know, this upcoming season or anything like that, probably at least a couple years away from it. But for Wisconsin's case, at the surface, I think you think, like, yeah, I, I think it's a good sign at the top. I also think, though, that some at some point, you know, it, it might be exciting, say, if a team like Wisconsin in 2017 would have, in this model, would have made it, and that's great. You know, you made the college football playoff, something Wisconsin hasn't done. But also, 
five years down the road and this has been in place for a while, I just wonder how much making the playoff will kind of diminish. The value of that will kind of diminish. So that part for me is interesting. I also think a little bit it kind of takes away some from the regular season. Um, well, like Wisconsin's case, they've had multiple chances. If you win that Big Ten championship game against Ohio State, you're in the playoff already. So essentially Wisconsin had these playoff-level type games that they could win and get in there. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to be – it's too early to tell how it will affect a team like that, but I think teams like Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson really doesn't impact it that much. At the end, those four teams could likely be the four last ones standing in a lot of years, but these teams that are right on the fringe, does it help you or hurt you is is certainly going to be something to keep an eye on as, as things move forward. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the, the part about – how it dilutes the regular season. I think the only places that it dilutes are for those teams like a Clemson, like an Alabama, like an Ohio State, who are probably going to be in your top 12 every single year. Like, they would need to have a, a pretty big fall from grace, multiple, like two or three losses in order to not be there. And I just don't see that on paper for most of them unless things change. So I think it dilutes it for a select few teams who are really talented, who are going to probably be in the playoff year in and year out. But I think it it bolsters the excitement for every other team. Um, so I, I think I think that's one thing. But I do think that it's interesting because I, I hear a lot of people talking about how that this is good for Wisconsin and that this improves the Badgers' chances of winning. And I think it improves their chances of getting into the playoff. But I don't think it improves their chances of winning a title. I actually think it makes it less likely that they win a title because they would have to go through more teams to get there. Um, you, you look at it, Wisconsin's a developmental program, and yes, they have recruited better the past handful of years, and that's a positive sign that is, that is great, that it gives them a higher, uh, higher ceiling, a better opportunity to get into these matchups and have a better chance. But you still look at it, and the top teams are just grabbing, are grabbing and gobbling up the best talent year in and year out, and that hasn't changed for a while now. But it it is make it, it does make it way harder to win a national title game because in my eyes in the current model with four teams you're looking at a Big Ten title game where you're going to have to beat Ohio State. Well, I got news for you: you're probably going to have to beat Ohio State no matter what, whether you do or somebody else in that tournament uh, or playoff has to. So beat Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan, somebody else in the East. That's one game on a neutral site. In the round of four teams, you got to win one game on neutral site. If you're a really good Badger team and you land in one of those one, two, three spots, you're, you have a decent chance of winning that game and you got to feel good about who you're playing. Then you play in the national title game. So really you're looking at three neutral site games against top ten teams that you're going to have to win, right? Like that's, that's, that's a given. But now in the 12-team battle, you still have to play in the Big Ten, 12, or Big Ten Championship, which you could lose and still get into the playoff, which I think helps them, gives them a better opportunity in there um, where maybe you have a better chance playing Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, whoever it might be, a second go-round. But then you have to play the round of 12 if you lost that Big, Big Ten Championship, then the round of eight then the round of four, then the national title game. So instead of playing three games that you've got to win, you now have to win four or five games against top ten teams. So it's much harder to get there. And if for a team that doesn't necessarily currently, according to their makeup, have the talent level um, of, of 
based off of recruiting rankings, based off of sending players to the NFL, that some of the other teams who you're going to be going up against, the Alabama, Clemson, Ohio States of the world, that five games against them is way harder than having to take on three and maybe get it so that you escape having to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship because they lost twice during the regular season. You have to beat Indiana. Now you've got two of the top four teams that you've got to beat. So I think it actually uh, makes it harder to win a national title for the for any other team that's not one of those top four. Um, but I do think that it increases the odds year in and year out that you'll have a chance. But I think the chances are lower those years that you're in. So I think it's I think it's 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 a double-edged sword. I think there's positives and negatives if you're Wisconsin. It improves your visibility to be in those big bowls to show that you're one of the top teams year in and year out. But I do think that it makes it far more likely that, or far less likely that the Badgers actually get to the precipice and win a national title in this format. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, you look at when the way you broke it down is is certainly yeah that makes a lot of sense. It's just more games, the likelihood of those top four teams falling in and you getting through that path is is a lot harder. So I think it's a great point. You know, for Wisconsin. Like, like if you win the Big Ten championship, uh, it's essentially a playoff game on a neutral site field. You're already in that playoff anyway. You've got a shot, and you don't have to run that gauntlet of, of five games that way. So that part of it is, is certainly interesting for sure. Um, and I think at the surface, you know, when you look at it, it it's probably a, a positive, and maybe you have more opportunities to make it. But when you boil it down like you did, I, I do think that, yeah, there is a situation where the likelihood of you running through – that many games is is much harder, and and maybe that allows you to, in in terms of the college football playoff, find a a more one true champion because you went through all these tough games. But there's a very good chance that at some point you'll still end up with you know Alabama and Clemson meeting after this 12 team playoff, regardless. So it could be entertaining. More teams will make it, but I don't know if it changes it all that much when you get to that final game. So. Um, but yeah, I, I like the point that you made a lot, and I think at the surface when you look at it, you know, it looks good for Wisconsin, and sure your brand exposure will be there. You see, if you see the Badgers in the playoff consistently, that's great. But how will that change, you know, their their opportunity to get to that pinnacle? Because at the end of the day, you want to be a team that wins it and is the last one standing. And I think that path, you know, going through and, and being one of four teams to possibly do it, or one of twelve is is going to be harder but at the same time you know you at least would like to have a shot and uh we'll, we'll have to see how it shakes out but yeah that whole that whole part of it is, is certainly going to be fascinating for a lot of different fan bases across the country that have been close and on the precipice but just haven't gotten over that that little bit of hump yeah and, and, and like i mentioned it really is only an issue if you are one of the top four teams like if the badgers have just a stacked team they're rolling in with um you, you look at say that um that 2017 team, right? Like that were just just narrowly lost to the to the Buckeyes. That they get into that playoff, I, I think they got a shot, and, and I think they they end up being probably either a two or a three seed playing either Georgia or Oklahoma, which I I think is great. Um, but then I I think it's probably a wash because you're going to have more chances in the playoffs to have a chance, and, and really. If I can get more than one possible bowl game out of the Badgers, I think that's great. Because so, do I think that it's it's overall on the whole it's 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 positive to me. I'm excited about it because I think there's a 
possibility that Badgers, we could get 15, 16 game season for the Badgers, which would be exciting. Um, but I do think it's, it's going to make it harder when you have that top level team, that if the Badgers have everything aligned, that it's going to be harder for them to win the national title because there's going to be 12 teams that they're going to have to fight off. Yeah, that that whole part of it will will certainly inter- be interesting. The other part, the, the other but nice part will be that hopefully you know these you know these uh, play in games, quote unquote, with the the top four getting biased. If they were on um, school campuses, would of course be a, a positive and a cool thing to have something like that um, you know on on campus that way. But uh, it's it's going to be an interesting situation, of course. There's still a ways away from getting there. I think it is inevitable at this point if they've gotten this far. But you've got to get a lot of people to sign off. You've got to get television to sign off. I don't think that'll be a problem. But there's certainly situations that could maybe hinder it. But I think at the end of the day, this will be, you know, the future of college athletics and college football is having, you know, that 12-team playoff. And, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Um, but we'll, the jury will certainly still be out um, as you get into that conversation a little bit further. Sounds good, man. I think I think overall it's going to be fun to watch. I'm I'm excited. I am hoping that there is some home game atmosphere involved in this, and it's not just all neutral site though. And I, it seems like that's originally in the plan here for that that uh, that five through twelve games that are happening right away after yeah. the conference championships. That part that part would certainly be awesome if it got to that. I would certainly, if that was the case, I think I'd be certainly more in hand with, with having this 12-team um, playoff that at least some of these schools get to have some of these big games on their campus. But we'll see how it all shakes out. But as for our episode, that kind of wraps things up, guys. Uh, we always appreciate you listening. We'll be back with you next week. Of course, more um, to touch on and recruiting later in the week, so should be plenty to get to once again. Thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.